Hi everyone, welcome to the Charge Podcast. Today, Sarah is with me, and we are doing a mini episode on voting. The election is fast approaching, and for some of you, this is probably your first time voting in a national election, which is so exciting. So we wanted to make sure that you all have the resources you need to charge the vote. We asked on Instagram what questions you had on voting, so we are definitely going to answer all of those. And we wanted to talk a little bit about having political conversations with your friends and family because chances are you are having those conversations and they can get very heated. And I know when Sarah and I talk about it, we totally recognize that it can be really tempting to want to avoid these conversations, but these conversations are so important, especially when it comes to your family and friends. We all need to learn how to hold space for people with different political beliefs. So Sarah has been working a ton on this and she's given me such incredible advice. So I am wanting her to share that advice with you all. Awesome. Thank you. So I think it's just so important to have conversations with people who believe differently than we do. And this can obviously be incredibly hard, especially when things start to get heated. You're going to start saying things that you don't mean or your vibe just really starts to bring that energy down. And I think a lot of people right now on both sides of the aisle are extremely frustrated and disheartened right now and really driven by fear. And so it's so important that we learn how to have conversations with each other in order to move forward and just respect on a basic human level of what someone is feeling. So I think the biggest thing that I've learned is really not going into the conversation with an agenda of wanting to change that person's beliefs. And instead, having your goal of that conversation being, I really want to understand this person and what they are most worried about. Because I think a lot of the time when we are super reactive It's coming from a place of fear, anxiety, and that's why we're bringing a lot of crazy energy to the conversation. And once I understand someone's fear, I can share my fears, and I think it helps them with empathizing a little bit more of, oh, well, even though Sarah maybe doesn't believe the same thing I do, like she has fears too, and we all know what it's like to feel afraid, anxious, lonely. Like we're the only one who's thinking or feeling like this. And so I really think when we are able to unite on that common emotion, we can empathize with each other and show that we're not that different. Like ultimately we are feeling similar things. We just were afraid of maybe different problems and we have different ideas of how to fix it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember once you said to me that ultimately we all want the same thing and my first response was, no, we don't. Like, what do you mean we want the same thing? So I'd love for you to share your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think ultimately, like, we all want the same basic thing. And we have different strategies of how we think it should be done. I don't think I've ever met someone who doesn't want the United States economy to be amazing, right? Like, no one is like, oh, yeah, like, let's go into a recession. Like, (laughs) That's no one's Mm -hmm. agenda, but we do have different beliefs on what is going to stimulate the economy, what is going to move us forward. Similar like climate change. I don't think anyone wants climate change to like become as bad as what it's projected to become. 
But I do think that different people have different strategies, even within your own political party, you're going to hear different ideas and measures. And so just respecting that, I think people at the end of the day really do want similar things and finding a way to work together on those rather than being like, well, it's my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. Different strategies. Mm -hmm. I love that. Have you ever had to step away from a political conversation? And if so, how did you know that it was the right time to walk away and maybe revisit it in the future? Yes. My family is very conservative. And so I grew up in that environment. And I always know it's the right time for me to step away when either one of us are starting to get a little heated. And if I like get flustered over my words, I know that for me is a sign as I'm naturally pretty like articulate and can speak well. That to me is a sign. Okay, like Sarah, you're starting to get caught up in that energy. Or if I like start to feel the emotions in my body, then I know I'm not thinking clearly anymore. And I also realize when I am starting to listen to speak instead of listening to understand. That's probably the like biggest thing is, okay, if I'm starting to plan what I'm going to say next mm. in my head, I should probably stop talking because clearly I'm not listening to them anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. It can be so hard with family because we love them so much. But as you said, we can have different strategies. But important to understand the other and be curious. Ultimately, you will learn even more about your family and friends through these conversations. I don't want to encourage anyone like to have conversations with people who have like destructive beliefs or are out of touch with reality. I'm not encouraging you to have conversations with someone who doesn't think that there are racial injustices and that systemic racism is a thing. If you can't agree on like a basic point of that. It's like, okay, well, you're not living in the same world that I am. So I probably can't like really understand this unless they're willing to try and understand like how you have viewed that or if you've personally experienced that listening to your experiences, if you feel comfortable sharing that. So I do want to be clear on that. Like, I think that there does have to be a baseline of like, we're living in the same reality or we're both open to hearing that reality. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know Kate actually talked a little bit about that. So maybe we will share her clip here when it comes to having those conversations and creating boundaries. And ultimately, there may be a time when it's like, I might need to cut this relationship from my life. And that yes. is obviously so hard, but there it's are important. times for that. I've said a lot of shit that... I could have said better. Um, I'll go so far to say is that I shouldn't say because I didn't understand their point of view. I was angry. I didn't know how anyone could think a certain way. I didn't know how anyone could possibly disagree with this one thing. Um, and yeah, it's it's hurt people's feelings. It's made people mad. I mean, you you have to understand where the other person is coming from, and even if you don't agree. It's okay. But I also think that, like, you have to draw the line somewhere. If someone thinks a certain way and it's not how you think, you don't need to necessarily cancel them. But, like, are they going to play that role in your life? 
And the answer is like, maybe not. Um, and that's kind of a lot of what we talk about in container um, with Weez is, you know, she's like, if your friends are upholding this behavior, is that something that you accept? Is it something that you condone? Silence is complicity. And like, it's just, it, it, it's really hard. It's a very nuanced conversation. Um, but I'm learning through my own mistakes that you can't just have your point of view and expect others to agree with you. You can't just block or ignore people because they agree with you. You can't cancel people. Um, but you you have to know your values. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so hard, especially it's, when it's it comes hard. to family. I yeah. think everyone struggles with that on some level. Even if it's not immediate, extended family, there's just always different beliefs. In politics, it seems like. And like, I mean... Like, yes and no, you know, it's like you're racist or you're anti-racist. You're upholding the system or you're for the movement. And it's pretty cut and dry. Um, But it yeah, it it becomes hard because we're emotional. We have relationships and, you know, it it should be simpler than it is. But because I think we are like protective of like our whiteness and we're protective and it's not our experience. It's easy for us to say like, oh, well, you know. They're still my friend just because they, you know, I'm still I'm still kind of navigating that. But like, yeah, if I would I would say that if my experience was different than what it was, it probably wouldn't be so hard. Mm -hmm. You know, do you have an example that you can share of a conversation that you had with a family member or a friend that believes something differently than you and how you approach that? Yeah, I mean, my I think my sister and I we kind of got into it because I was saying like, you know, if you just vote off your, off of like tax dollars, like you're a clown. Like I essentially said that that's (laughs) obviously not something I should have said, um, in that way. And, you know, she was like, this is what I believe. And it, she wasn't saying anything, you know, she felt attacked, you know, she was, you know, saying like, that was like kind of rude. I'm like, why don't you have empathy for other people? Why are you only thinking about yourself? And that was an instance where we believe in a lot of the same things. You know, there are a couple of issues that we disagree on and that's the marker. And like, say, you know, what is important to you and, you know, what are you willing to accept at that cost? And that's how I should have handled it. Yeah. So at the end of the day, the message that I want to share is have these conversations with your friends and family, try and understand them, but also like do have your own boundaries and respect those and stay healthy throughout it. And there's nothing worth sacrificing your health for like your Mm -hmm. personal like this is right for me and if you need to cut someone out of your life for that then do it after trying to learn to Mm -hmm. let's get into the voting question so the first most important question right now at this time period is how do i make sure that i'm registered to vote Yeah. So check your voter registration status. There's tons of tools out here. And if you guys are on Instagram or Facebook or anything, there's always like, for me, at least a little banner pops up like, are you registered? Mm -hmm. So you can check it in a million different ways. I actually love the skim. That's been my biggest resource for voting. And if you head to the skims website, they have a tool that makes it super easy to look up the voting requirements in your state. 
as well as connect you to the state tools that'll allow you to look up if you're registered or help you get registered if you're not already. Mm -hmm. Is there a deadline to register? Yes, there are deadlines to register. They're different by state. So My biggest thing is don't delay, especially with coronavirus. I think most people are choosing to mail in their ballots for safety. And so requesting your ballot ASAP is huge. So making sure you're registered, requesting that ballot, you can get all the instructions for how to do that online. Mm -hmm. And we'll definitely link up all the resources that we're mentioning in the show notes, just so you have easy access to all of these links, because we are sharing a lot. So just so you guys know, make sure to check out those notes. The second question is, what is the process for voting as a college student if I will not be in my home state on election day? Yeah, so this is a great question. You're actually able to choose where you're going to cast your ballot if you go to school out of state. So you can only be registered in one place. However, if for say Elizabeth, she grew up in Chicago but went to school in Ohio, you could have registered in Ohio to vote since you went to school. Which there. I did not know, by the way, until recently. <laughs> However, if you don't want to register to vote in the school you're going out of state at, you can still vote in your home state through mail-in ballots. What are the questions that we should ask ourselves when deciding, should I vote in my home state or should I vote in the state that I'm going to school? That's a great question. I think really paying attention to local measures that are in effect in either place and deciding like which one is going to impact you more. So if you are going to school out of state and you actually are spending most of your time there, maybe you still work there over the summers. And so those are the local issues that are impacting you more. Those are the representatives that are going to impact you more. I would vote where you are for most of the time. However, if you're traveling back and forth a lot, if you are going to school, but you come home every summer, and so things are still affecting you there, then I think it makes sense to vote from home. I would say really paying attention to like the issues that matter to you and where you're going to be uh, seeing those most. I actually went to school in the same state that I grew <laughs> up in, though, so I always have voted where I lived. Mm-hmm. Someone asked, is there a deadline to vote by mail? Yes. So the deadlines for registering to vote by mail and receiving your ballot are going to be different in every state. You can, again, use the SKIMS tool to find that own deadline information or anywhere online. Google can be your best friend these days. But keep in mind with this projected increase in mail-in ballots this year, it's really important that you're getting this ASAP and you're sending it back ASAP. And having a goal of sending it 14 days before election day. So that is October 20th. That'll make sure that it's on time, it's received, and that you have nothing to worry about. But different states do have different deadlines of when it has to be postmarked in order to be counted or when it has to be in hands in order to be counted. So that's, again, something to look up uh, if you're running really late. Mm -hmm. What tips and resources do you have for researching candidates and finding unbiased information for both the national and local election. Yeah, so you can actually get a sample ballot and voter guides that will basically show you like what is everything you're going to be looking at when you are filling out your ballot. I think this can really help with a familiarizing you with what the ballot looks like, making sure you're able to fill it out correctly. But also then you can take all of the people, the local measures listed and you can do your own research on them and you know 
figuring out what is most important to me and how am I going to vote. Different places to find some unbiased information. I think your local news and your local news sites are going to be great for those local measures and whatnot. You're going to be able to find a lot of information there. For example, the presidential election, we know there's a ton of different sources out there. I personally love the skim. I think they have a really down-to-earth, easy-to-read guides about different issues and where both candidates fall on them. And if you haven't checked out Lena's blog post all about staying informed and the importance of voting, she actually shares some of her favorite resources. And I loved how she broke it down and talked about it's important to consume this information the same way that you like to consume other information. So if you are someone who watches your news, she recommended PBS NewsHour for unbiased, nonpartisan information. If you like to read your news, she recommended popular information. And if you like podcasts, she recommended The Daily and Pod Save America. And something I did want to mention on doing your own research is that it can be very tempting to not research and just vote the same way that your family or friends are. And I think that this is so important that we do not do. I personally did grow up in a very conservative area. I always thought or did whatever my family told me because it was honestly what everyone else in my area was saying too. So I wasn't really open to these other perspectives and ideas. And it wasn't really until I moved to Chicago five years ago that I was started to expose to, oh, wow, like there's a really different way of thinking about these things than when I grew up. And so really identifying like, what am I the most passionate about? Like, what do I want to really focus my energy on and doing my own research and how I can do that and being open to different ways of thinking was huge for me. And so I really think like putting the time and effort, this is your civil right. Not everyone has this ability to vote. And so I think if you have that privilege, you have to exercise research. You have to really make it your own. Mm -hmm. I thought this was an interesting question. Someone asked, is there any media that you do not recommend because it's too left or too right? So I personally don't watch the traditional news just because I feel like it's a lot of energy that I'm not always the best at handling. But if you're looking for, okay, what is like a typical right-wing news source? Fox News is typically more right-winged. And then when you think of like this more left-wing alternative of that would be like CNN or MSNBC. So those are more like right or left. And I would say maybe instead of like just cutting one out, like you could try and pick up things from both if Mm -hmm. you were open to that. But again, like finding what way do you get your news the most and like what resonates with you? What do you understand the best is really important too. Mm -hmm. That being said, if any of you listening have resources that you recommend, please DM us and we will absolutely feature it on our Instagram. Next question, what else are we voting for on November 3rd besides the president? Yeah, this is a great question. So all representatives for the House of Representatives are up. So those terms are only two years. So you'll be voting for representative. 35 out of the 100 seats in the Senate are also up. Those terms are six years. So a third is up every two years. So you might be voting on as senators, might be voting on a governor, and also just various local state measures that might be on your ballot. For example, six states are voting on the legalization of cannabis. So you want to pay attention to those two of like, okay, 
who's up for election where I am and what is up for election where I am. Mm-hmm. Last question. What are helpful day of voting tips? My first one is you don't have to fill out every voting thing. <laughs> I remember one time I went to vote and there was like 100 judges. I feel like I knew none of them. And I was there forever because I thought I had to like pick all of them. So if you don't feel educated or like you know enough on a person or an issue, you actually don't have to f- completely fill out the ballot. It is recommended. And that's why we're saying do your research. Look up what your ballot is going to show beforehand so you can go in with a plan. Bringing the proper identification if you are voting in person, just making sure, for example, if you're voting at your out-of-state school, you might have to bring your student ID to the polls just as a like double form. So that's good to know looking up that beforehand. And then number three is that you can even fill out a mock ballot or print your ballot with you so that you know who you're voting for and you feel really confident while you're filling it out. Mm-hmm. I want to end this podcast with a clip from my conversation with Kate Lemire a couple weeks ago about the power of voting and why we all need to vote. It is so important. First of all, being a part of a democracy, it is the crux. Voting is the crux of our democracy and our freedom. Every every vote counts. If we were all, if you and I were to say, well, our vote doesn't count, but we were the only two people who were getting like asked to do something like it's huge. We can't all take on that attitude. Um, you have a say, you count, you matter. Um, and, you know, right now we all have to stand up for what's important to us. Mm-hmm. Charge the vote. We're doing like a little mini series on Instagram. It'll be out by the time this podcast launches, but charge the vote. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so important. Um, and then to also be like prepared about what it will take to vote. Cause right now mm-hmm. things are kind of messed up. Like the mail is really slow. Um, lines are going to get really long, not, you know, it's not a holiday here. So people still have to work. Like we have to plan and we have to help each other. All right. I hope you guys like that clip. She is the best. Love Kate. Love Kate so much. I really hope that you are all feeling more confident, feeling prepared. And if you haven't done research yet, you still have plenty of time to do research. So make sure you do that. One last thing that I wanted to share is a quote from Lena's blog post that I loved. She said, Voting is a cornerstone of our democracy. We all have to step up and participate this November. No matter who you are supporting, make your plan to vote, request your absentee ballot, and be the change you want to see in this nation. Our work will not magically end on November 3rd. After that, we must continue to hold our elected officials accountable to what needs to change to create better communities for every single person in this country. Voting is just the first step, but it is the most important first step to ensuring we take control of our future. Love that. I know. All right, guys. Charge the vote. Hashtag charge the vote. Make sure that you use this hashtag, especially when you do end up voting. We really want to encourage all students and the charge community to vote. And as I mentioned previously, if you have any resources that you want to share, send us a DM and we will feature it in our highlight vote. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Hey, charge girls. Good morning. 
Yes, I'm talking to you. It's time to get charged up, cause this day is new. The sky says hi, and it's bluer than blue. The sun is shining, and all the birds are chirping too. Today is the best day to be alive. The miracles appear once you open up your eyes. Surprise! Time to keep living your dreams. So get up and join the rest of your charge team. <laughs>